So as you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to be looking at several verses. We may even look in chapter 5 as well, but starting in verse 16, 2 Corinthians 4, 16, we want to talk about getting better day by day. And we begin in 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Paul says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at things, the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And may the Lord bless his word as we have it read into our hearts today. There was a little boy one who was starting school. He was an elementary age child, and uh, he, he didn't want his mama to walk him to school. He wanted to be a big boy, and he didn't live long, far from school. They lived in the same neighborhood. So what happened is uh, he, uh, his mother said, don't worry, uh, I will make sure and have somebody uh, walk and watch. And what happened was uh, that uh, she went to one of her neighbors who was a, a mother and also had a child going to school, a daughter. So that woman would follow them to school each day from a distance to make sure they got there. And the, uh, the, the little boy, as he walked to school, would walk to school with one of his friends. And one day the friend said, do you notice that this is woman and, 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 and this girl following us every day to school? And the boy said, well, uh, uh, that, well they, they follow us every day. Uh, I know who they are. Well, who are they? Well, her name is Shirley, and, and that's her daughter, Shirley. What do, you, what do you mean? Yeah, surely goodness and mercy. Because every day, my mom makes me read the 23rd Psalm, and it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. <laughs> so he knew his Bible, and he knew who those people were. In our world, uh, we need hope because there are many things that bring us down, and in the Bible days, it was no different in the sense that there were many negative things bringing people down. Paul listed a whole lot of them in, in 2 Corinthians 4. He had many troubles, far exceeding the troubles that we are having today. And those troubles are so bad for him that it would have caused most people to quit. But he didn't quit. And in fact, he says, therefore, we don't lose heart. He could have quit. He could have been tempted to quit. But his whole life was on a mission to honor the Lord. And in fact, part of his mission was to suffer for Jesus' sake because he had dished it out suffering to people like Stephen and other people who believed in the Lord and uh, when he was not a Christian. And then the Lord said, well, I'm going to show this man how much he's going to suffer for my sake. And so many of the things he suffered were a direct result of the Lord trying to teach him a lesson, but also to give him strength to understand that your circumstances that may be poor or 
painful or difficult are not the limiting factors of your life. We, today, we find our identity in so many superficial things. If we don't feel well, we think it's a bad day, or if, if we don't have enough money or resources, or if the weather is bad, or whatever it may be, if we're ill, or if we have a disease, we think these things are signs that things are not well. But that is not a biblical concept. The fact is, is that God wants us to understand that we are not supposed to lose heart no matter what the circumstances. We are supposed to keep our heart moving in the right direction. Now, he does admit something to us. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing. Yes, our outward man is perishing. Our bodies, with enough mileage on our bodies, with enough time, you will suffer in your body. That is a fact of life. The longer you live, the more you're going to suffer. That's a fact in this world. You can't get out of that fact. And we don't want to deny it. I don't want us to be preaching a gospel that says if things are not going well in your body, that somehow that you are not living right for the Lord. That's what Job's friends said to him. And that was completely false. No, I don't want to paint a picture that says everything's going to be easy because that's not biblical either. No, God has a plan for us, but our outward man is destined to die as long as we live. And if Jesus does not come back, someday this body will deteriorate over time. You can't run as fast. You can't jump as fast. And at some point you can't jump at all. So you really are going down in your body. The, the moment you got adult to be an adult, and you reach some peak, whatever that age was, at some point, you know, as many people joke, you're over the hill, right? You're over the hill. You ever heard that before? But that does not mean, though, that we should lose heart. And Paul says, yes, our outward man is perishing, but there is good news. Because he says in the very same verse, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. And that's the secret to living with a positive outlook toward life. That is the secret to being able to overcome and survive old age or just life in general. Because there's not many young people who don't want to live to at least be an older person and live a long life. I think most people want to reach elderly status they don't want all the negatives associated with it, but they absolutely don't want to necessarily die young. And we know many who do. And so God wants us to understand that while our outward man may have things going against us, we need to focus on something that is positive and that's not going down. And that's our inward man. That's where we are woefully ignorant and lacking and neglectful. We need to build up the inward man, just like exercise in your body builds you up to be stronger. It is internally a spiritual exercise that causes you to be renewed day by day. And having contact with the Lord and facing these challenges that God has put in your life, you can grow and gain in that inward renewal. And in fact, the Bible says it's a daily task. Notice how he says, 
the inward man is being renewed day by day. When we start our days, start off thanking God. I mean, don't neglect thanking God that you have another day. And also, you want to see every day as a new day to do something else for the Lord. It's almost like the Lord has divided time up into days because each day is a contest in which we are fighting a battle and we can win it or we can lose it. And you don't want to lose it. You want to win every day. Paul says that our inward man being renewed day by day is something that causes us to be in a better attitude about everything else. I look at the world and I get disappointed. I get disappointed by how things are run or how things are acting, people are acting, and I, I get discouraged, but that's only because I'm looking at these flawed things in the world. But God says that we should be renewed internally on a daily basis and growing. So it's the opposite. While our bodies may be deteriorating over time, our spirits should be growing over time. And when we're not doing that, that's because we're letting the physical dominate the spiritual. And that's not godly. That's not what God wants. And Paul, he should know something about suffering. He said in verse eight in chapter four, he says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. In persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Paul knew what it was like to suffer. He had been beaten. He had been put in jail. He had been tortured. He had been put through horrible, horrible physical conditions, but he got through them all because wherever you are suffering and there's a death physically, there is life on the other end of that death. There's life at the end of every negative thing physically. Paul even had some of these things happen in his own life. For instance, they thought he was dead at one point, but then he was revived by the miracle of God and he kept going. And in your life, you may think, oh, I'm up against the wall. I'm never going to have any chance. But God may use the, the death of something in your life to also lead you to the life that comes after death. And you can see that and be a witness to other people. God wants us to learn how to use the negatives and convert them as fertilizer to the positive life that he's creating through those negative experiences. So we need to be renewed day by day. And that takes personal discipline. That takes time to say, Lord, thank you for my troubles. Thank you, Lord, that I've lived to this age. Thank you, Lord, that I was not taken out of the world early. Thank you, Lord, that I have ha I've got your presence with me. And thank you, Lord, that someday I'm going to be in heaven, which is far better. Every day, renew yourself. Trust that God gives you new strength and a new purpose for living. I don't care if you're bedridden. If you have your mind, if you have your spirit, you have a job. And it may be nothing more than praying. But my friend, 
If you are the one praying, it may be you holding together the country. It may be you keeping somebody alive. It may be you someday that we come to heaven and we realize that the only reason they survived is because somebody who was bedridden was praying for that person and they got saved. That is a work that takes a true commitment and God may give you that gift. Whatever it may be, don't stop working as long as God gives you the heart and the mind to do so. And our lives are not limited by our physical infirmities. He says in verse 17, another important thing to know is that these great problems that we face in the world, these great worries that we have, The Bible says they are but a light affliction. In verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now, I don't know how Paul could have done this if he did not have God's Spirit telling him this because he had some real doozies in terms of problems. He really did. He had people problems. He had personal problems. He had people who disappointed him. People said they'd do something, they didn't do it. He had people problems because he had enemies. Every city he went to, someone was trying to put him in jail or lie about him or take him to law to the courts and sue him. How many of you would like to be sued today and have to go to the courts? I don't think any of you want to do that. And yet that's what he did. He had people problems, personal problems, people disappointing him. He had also physical problems. He had things wrong in his body, and and he wasn't getting better all the time. You know, that could be a problem. But he said, all these are light afflictions. They're light. They're not even bad compared to what? Our far greater weight of glory that's eternal that God has for us. And that's what God wants us to know, is that if we can handle the difficulties of life, if we can handle the hard times and we get through it, understand that that's a very light thing compared to the great weight of glory which God has for us in heaven. So he is, we think that this world heaps a bunch of troubles upon us, Well, if you have the right attitude, if you're being renewed every day, God's going to heap a lot more of the good things to us forever, someday. And that's a great promise that the Lord has. These problems we have are temporary. And I don't have to tell you that doesn't the clock seem to turn a little faster the older you get? (laughs) Don't the seasons come around a lot sooner? Don't we seem to see how time seems to accelerate? That's because things are temporary. And that includes our troubles. They are temporary. But God has an eternal weight of glory. So what should we do? Now that we know that we are to renew ourselves internally on a daily basis, and that our physical and our our emotional struggles we have in this world are a light affliction and only temporary, what should we focus on? Well, he says in verse number 18, our focus should be this. While we do not look at the things which are seen, there's a lot of power in looking. If you look at the wrong things, it brings you down. Those things bring you down. 
If you're always watching negativity, hearing negativity, if all you listen to is gossip, and that's usually negative, you're going to end up reproducing what you are hearing. God doesn't want us to be focused on those things. He wants us to focus not on the negatives of this world, although we may pray about them, and we want to have God's peace upon people. Don't dwell upon the negative things. But rather, he says, focus not on the things that are seen, but the things which are unseen. And that is in the same verse. He says, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I've lived on this earth for 54 years, uh, almost 55, but I'm going to hold off for another month. So I'm holding off. And, and uh, I have found that when I was a kid, there were some beautiful scenes that are, that are brought to my mind about my childhood. And I can remember neighborhoods. I can remember being in certain places. Now those places are on the earth today, but they don't look the same. <laughs> they don't look the same. Because if I go to my grandfather and grandmother's house, Mama and Papa's house, if I go there today, totally changed. They've remodeled it. The woods that were next door have been all chopped down. Uh, just the whole prospect of the land looks different than it did when I was that age. So those things were seen, and they are very temporary. They just don't last. And that fills you with a sadness, doesn't it? Doesn't it fill you with a little bit of sadness that you can't go back to your childhood and visit things? Very few places are unchanged. Hickory Valley was a much different place in the 1930s than it is in the 2020s. And you could say because there was a, a, a lifeline of the railroad coming through here and it was a major little, uh, not a major, but a big little stop along the way for the trains. It was a, it was a, it had a, a sense of great importance that today the automobile and other things have kind of taken away. You could look back and say, well, it makes me sad that we don't have the neighborhoods. We don't have the things we used to have. And that's true because the things which are seen are what? They're temporary. We don't have a guarantee. Although I would say that I don't see the cities necessarily as a great prospect for improvement, frankly. But nevertheless, uh, in our world, we do have temporary things. But don't focus on that. Don't focus on the negativities. Don't say, oh, things are not the way they used to be. Of course they're not, because they are temporary. All these things are temporary. But God says we should focus on the unseen things, which are eternal, that are going to last forever because he says the things which are not seen are eternal and we want to focus on the eternal what is eternal well our souls are eternal and if we're born again our souls are forever with jesus in heaven our friends who are christian our brothers and sisters who are christian our parents who are christian our grandparents our relatives sons and daughters they're christian they're eternal they're in heaven Heaven's going to be a great place which we're going to have a grand reunion someday. Uh, we'll have eternity 
to ask all the questions, to talk with people who we've never met, but who we want to learn about. And, and one of the great surprises you will have in your life, I think, will be that there will be people you don't even know who will come up to you and say, hey, I wanted to meet you. And you'll wonder, why would they want to meet me? But maybe there was a day where you prayed for somebody in some foreign country because they were going through hard times. Maybe there was a special offering that you took up and you gave something to that offering that went to help somebody in some foreign land or some needy place. Maybe there was just something happening in which you just did something that, that, that impressed somebody that you didn't even know they were looking. You see, heaven is a place where they're not gonna dwell on the negatives. God's gonna get rid of all those negatives before we get there. And he's literally gonna let us have all the benefits of all the positives that we've done for Jesus Christ. Those things are not seen. They're not magnified on the news. And I, I, I challenge you, I have lived 54 years. I've never seen a 30 minute news program in which everything was good news ever. Have you ever seen that? I mean, it's somebody dying, wreck, murder, arson, disaster. <laughs> I mean, I would like to see a 30-minute program of the news where literally everything was good news. Wouldn't you? I've never seen it happen in my born days. Bad news sells. It goes around fast. People love it, but it depresses and it hurts because you obsess on it too much. So what does God want for us? I think he wants us to be people who understand that Jesus, he had some real bad news. He faced the cross. He faced the, the death on that cross, but he did it bravely because he knew that on the other side of death was life. And he came back to prove that that life is real. And we should have that same faith every single day. The things which are not seen are eternal. I'll finalize and finish that with one little quote from the next chapter where he says, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. If we had our heavenly bodies, we'd, we'd be better than Superman, literally. It would be awesome. He says, if indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. In other words, he's saying, look, we don't want to escape this world so we can be uh uh, without things, we want more things. We want a body that's really real, really strong, and really capable of giving us a perfect environment in which to live. That's what we groan for. We, when you have a problem, like I have problems with my eyes, it's frustrating. Some of you have problems. Diana has problems with her eyes. It's frustrating, isn't it? But, but what, how many of you ever had a back problem or a foot problem or sickness problem? Well, that's every one of you. You've had some problem. Don't you want to have health? Don't you want to be strong? Don't you want to have uh, that feeling that things are right? Well, that's what God has for us. We have that promised by God 
himself. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well pleasing to him. And that should be our goal. Let's just make sure that whether we're in heaven or whether we're here, let's be pleasing to the Lord. Let's make sure God is proud of what we do. And let's make sure that we don't dwell upon those negative things that bring us down because they are temporary. They're very temporary. And someday God's going to create a home and has one already being built that's going to be better than grandma's house, better than any neighborhood we grew up in, better than any memory that we have in our, our born days. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.